0: the risen Lord. is the King of kings. is the Lord of lords. Come and worship him today. Jesus is the head of the church. Let's worship him. There is no one like him. Jesus, we worship you. Our Messiah, we worship you. Our Lord, we worship you. We honor you, Jesus. There is no one like you. The roots of Jason, the Lamb of God, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the roots of Sharon, we worship you. Mighty man of valor, we honor you. King of kings, Prince of peace, Man of war, you are wonderful. You are the Counselor. You are the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. We bow before you today. Receive our worship, Lord. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' mighty name, we worship. Please shake hands with three or four people and tell them Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in the house that's right Jesus is in the house please be seated God bless you Jesus is in the house hallelujah it's such a pleasure to be in this great church KICC Toronto come and put your hands together hallelujah I'm, 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 I've been looking forward to coming here finally I made the cut this year <laughs> I finally made the cut by the grace of God, and um, Pastor Dio and his precious wife had been gracious to invite me. And um, when he told me I was excited, I grabbed, I grabbed it with two hands quickly, because i got to be part of champions. Hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, if somebody says, show me your friends, and I can tell who you are. Well, these are my friends. They're champions. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm very glad and very excited to, to be here. Um, This is a great church. I have tremendous respect for your pastor, Uh, Pastor Dion, his precious wife. I have a lot of respect for him. Um, He's a man of tenacity. Um, You know, talent is not enough. Many people are gifted, many people are talented, and many people are flawed, and many people never really make it out of stagnation. But when you are talented and you are tenacious, you have a, a very, very high chance of succeeding in life. I want to salute you, sir. I want to salute you. You are, you are, you are a man that you're definitely a champion. You have what it takes to be a champion. And I have no doubt this is a church that will reach the height that God has ordained for this church. And it's a great height. It's a mega height. It's an awesome height. Can I, I can hear an amen from somebody. Praise God. I want to salute all of our, our music artists that have ministered. Naturally, I like to sing. Though I don't have a good voice, but I like to sing. I, I like to sing. And, um, you know, no matter what has happened, um, even when we have all these talented and gifted people, I still sing. But so I, I gave myself, um, I encouraged myself, I said to myself that well, as I was coming, that no matter who sings here, I'm still going to sing. <laughs> even if you laugh at me, I said, after all, I might be, there's a chance I might be better than Pastor Dio when I sing. <laughs> Only for Pastor Dio to pick up the mic. And when he sang Great Is That Faithfulness, I said, oh my God. <laughs> That means I can't sing again. (laughs) This man is so multi-talented. He's so gifted. Please appreciate him one more time. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First, before I start, I I, I want to apologize a little bit. Um, And Pastor I, please, I want you to understand this is not out of disrespect. I would really love to wait for the thanksgiving. But, um, you know, this is, by the grace of God, this is my fifth service today. Uh, Yes, it's my fifth service today. uh, Apart from other ones. This is my fifth main service today, and um, I still have about one hour 30 minutes, one hour 45 minutes, depending on how I engage, uh, before I get home in terms of driving. Um, so it's um, <laughs> so <laughs> 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 well, I'm speaking publicly officially. It's one hour 45 minutes from here to my house. So, but plus or minus, you know. Um, so so it's, it's it's a while, and um, tomorrow morning I have a very early engagement. So please, you pardon me as I finish. I will be on my way out, not out of disrespect, but just to be able to um, um, make good use of my body, to rest it a bit for, for the following morning. Is that okay, please? All right. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. All right. I want to speak about destiny. I know we're having a festival of praise, but is it okay to speak about destiny? Yes, yeah, I want to speak about destiny. Just a few, few minutes. Pastor has been so gracious. He gave me only three hours to speak, so I'm going to use, <laughs> just only three hours. Praise God. I want to speak about destiny. and I feel it's important we talk about destiny a little bit, a little bit. Um, I just want to speak a little, about it a little bit and pray. So let us, let us say a word of prayer as we get into it. Father, we thank you and we honor you. We give you all the praise forevermore. There is no king like you. So as we get into your word, Lord, please minister to us. You know the needs of everybody here. Meet us at our point of need in Jesus' name. One of the exciting things about God, one of the exciting things about God is that as powerful as God is, as awesome as God is, as mysterious as God is, as limitless as God is, God still wants to fellowship or relate with human beings. It's amazing that the one that created the heavens and the earth, the one that the Bible describes that sits in heaven and the earth is his footstool, the one that gathers the whole water of the universe in the whole of his hand. The one that puts the stars, spoke them into space, knows them and calls them, each one by name, still wants to fellowship with man. That is why David says in Psalm 8, what is man that you are mindful of him? Oh, Lord, how excellent is your name in all of the earth. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him, visit there in the Hebrew, indicating that you want to relate with him. God still wants to relate with you and I. As powerful as it is. That's why even the angels are amazed at the fact that God, in all of creation, in all of the universe, you have to understand, as you know, because you're a very smart set of people, that the earth is just one ball in the whole, in our own, in the universe. okay? In our own galaxy, which is called the Milky Way, just one little, little ball there. One tiny little ball. God created the universe, and the universe is still expanding. Nevertheless, it still wants to relate with us. What is God? What is man that you're mindful of him? And one of the reasons why God, how God demonstrated his love towards us is that he puts eternity in our hearts. Stay with me for a few minutes. He put eternity in our hearts. He put a plan in our hearts that he wants us to fulfill. Now listen, God can do it without us, but he has chosen to do it with us. So he has a plan for you. He has a plan for my life. Regardless of your state in life, regardless of where you are, whether you're doing well or not doing well, God has a plan for your life. Can you touch yourself and say, he has a plan for me? Come on, say that again. He has a plan for me. One more time, shout it out. He has a plan for me. That's right. God has a plan for your life. In Jeremiah chapter 29, the 11th verse, he says, I know the thoughts or the plans that I have towards you. There are plans of good, not of evil. To bring you to an expected end, God has a plan for you. Not only that, taking it one step further, not only does God has a plan for you and I, the plan was concluded, concluded, prepared before the foundation of the earth. So, in other words, regardless of the circumstances prevailing presently, it can't change God's plan for your life. Some things might have happened in your life that are not consistent with your desires. Some things might have happened in your life that is just a little bit way of what you thought it should be. This might not have been how you planned your life to be, but you have to understand that nothing on earth today will change God's plan for you. Not depth, no height, no principalities, no power will challenge the love that God has for you. God has a plan for your life. Touch yourself again and say, God has a plan for my life. You might have made some mistakes in life. You might have taken some decisions which you never took. You might have made choices in life that today, with better information, which you never made. But I want to let you know today, God still has a plan for your life. Touch yourself again. Encourage yourself. God has a plan for my life. That's right. God has a plan for your life. In this plan that God has for your life, please understand this now. This plan that God has for your life. Because God loves you and I. The Bible says something very strange. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, from verse 6. To 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 6 to 10. It says, for we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Not the wisdom of this age, but we speak the wisdom of God, the hidden wisdom of God, which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But right now, I have not seen, I have not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared past tense for those who love him. Now, I want you to understand something about this set of verses. First thing he's telling us here is that Satan and his forces don't know everything. Mm -hmm. The enemy does not know everything. Had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So, the enemy doesn't know everything God has planned concerning you. And the Bible says God has hidden it in his glory. He hid it not from you, but he hid it for you. He put it in a place whereby nobody else can take it from you. Come on, can I hear an amen from somebody? Now, the Bible now tells us that, God has prepared this, but verse, listen to this. Verse 10 now says, but it is revealed to us by his Spirit, his Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches the deep things of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. Now, so this is where it gets interesting. God has a plan. Nothing can change the plan. Satan cannot change the plan. Circumstances cannot change the plan. The plan is a good plan. However, the plan is hidden. Of what use then is to have food at home. And you don't know where it is. Of what use then is it to have a very powerful car in your garage and you've lost the key. What is the use of opening the internet, opening your account, and you have assets, and you can look at it and you see that you have $10 million that's been given to you by your dad? Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. But they're asking you to bring your ID, but you've lost your ID. What use is it? Of what use is it then to go shopping and window shop and never enter the store? <laughs> maybe that's the word for somebody <laughs> of what is, is it, I don't know if this ever happened to you but this happened to me, of what is it to go shopping, pick up what you think you like, or you like you see something, maybe a pair of shoes you pick it up and you like, You like. wow I like this you like the shoe, you admire the front of the shoe, then you turn the back of the shoe And <laughs> as you turn the back of the shoe you saw a little piece of paper dangling, dangling at the back of the shoe you thought to yourself, I might as well look at this paper you look at the paper, and it has some figures on it. And somehow the figures communicate to you. And, and you interpret it to mean put it back. <laughs> and, <laughs> and a few seconds ago, you were admiring the shoe. You loved the shoe. You were imagining yourself in this pair of shoes. But right now, you know, and you put it back very respectfully. Very, you put it back very gently. You take two or three steps backward, as if somebody was watching you paying homage and respect to that show <laughs> just because of a piece of paper. The plan of God is there, but the plan of God is hidden. How can we get it revealed? Well, the Bible tells us the only person that can reveal it to us is the Holy Spirit. They are revealed to us, look at it again, by the Holy Spirit, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 10, because the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God. So the question then is, where do we find the Holy Spirit? How do we get the Holy Spirit to come down, reveal the plan, and execute the plan? Well, the key is praise. That's the connection between praise and the Holy Spirit. So it's when we start praising God that the Holy Spirit is, an atmosphere is created for the Holy Spirit to begin to bring this to pass. So I'm going to share with you then what praise means and how we can use praise to connect with this plan that God has for our life so that we can know the plan and we can act on the plan. Praise God. Praise, praise. So what is praise then? I know that you've had so many definitions of praise, and that's fine. I'm just going to give you just, just one or two. Praise means to acknowledge God. To acknowledge God. Praise is to acknowledge God. Number two, praise is to recognize God. To recognize God. Maybe another way of doing this is to say, what is the opposite of praise? The opposite of praise is to despise somebody. When you despise somebody, when you see somebody, you don't even pay attention to them at all. You despise the person. That's the opposite of, of praise. Okay? When you ignore somebody, that's the, you see them, they're there. You know they're a very important person, but you just ignore them. That's the opposite of praise. So when we're praising God, we are acknowledging that he's important. We are recognizing him. Now notice this, please. When we thank God, and I like the way the pastor said it up. When we thank God, we're thanking God for what he has done. That is called gratitude. Or what he will do. That is the sacrifice of praise. Are you still with me? Yes, sir. When we thank God for what he has done that we can see, then that is gratitude. When we thank God for what he has done that we are yet to see, then that is sacrifice of praise. Okay? However, that's thanksgiving is all about what God does. Praise, however, is different. Praise is about praising God for his character and for his capacity. For the character of God. For the intrinsic character of God. God is love. God is kind. God is merciful. God is gracious. When, we, when we're saying that, we're praising God. When we're praising God for the things he can do, God is limitless. God is all-powerful. God is almighty. When we're doing that, then we are praising God. Can I hear an amen from somebody? Now, quickly then, who is supposed to praise God? Who is supposed to praise God? Who is supposed to praise God? Come on, who is supposed to praise God? Thank you, thank you. Everything that has bread ought to praise God, should praise God, must praise God. Only a fool says in his heart there is no God. Yes. Psalm 150 verse 6 says, Let everything that has bread, praise God. Now he didn't say let everything that has a boyfriend, praise God. Oh boy, oh boy. I got to start running the way now. Hallelujah. He didn't say let every lady that has a boyfriend, he didn't say let every man that has a job or has a nice car or has a house or has things going on well for him, he said let everything that has bread. In other words, as long as you have bread, you owe it to God. As long as you have bread, you owe it to God to praise him. Hallelujah. Is there any living soul in the house tonight? Is there any living soul in the house tonight? Is there any living soul in the house tonight? I can see you. I can hear you. Is there any living soul in the house tonight? Come and let me see you jump on your feet and give him a shout. Touch one or two people and tell them I'm a living soul, I'm a living soul. I am a living, I'm a living soul. I don't know about you, but I'm a living soul. I don't know about you, but I'm a living soul. I'm a living soul. Hallelujah. If you're sitting beside somebody that is just not responding, the Bible says, What is the living doing among the dead? <laughs> you have a right to change your to change your seats. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Who should praise God? Every living soul everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. Now, let's look at this quickly, then we could to tie this up. What does praise do? What should I expect when I praise God? We've been praising God here today, and you can see the presence of God. It's, it's, it's very tangible here. What should I expect? Please listen carefully if you've not been listening before. There are many benefits of praise. I want to share three of them with you. And I'd like you to practice this. I practiced this for many, many years. Many years. Before I became a pastor, Um, and since I've been been a pastor, I've been practicing this. What are the benefits of praise? Number one, and it's amazing that our pastor alluded to that when he was praying for us now. The first thing that I want to share with you that praise does is it brings clarity. One of the biggest challenges of the body of Christ today is confusion. People are confused. They don't know what to do. People go to school, they come out with a degree, come out with a certificate, and they don't know what to do anymore. Mm -hmm. So should I do this? Should I do that? There are so many options in the Western world. People don't know what to do. They don't know which career path to go into. They don't know who to get married to. So many jokers are asking them out. I mean, sorry, so many men are asking. Oh, Lord, have mercy. (laughs) Lord, have mercy. So many... (laughs) There are so many doors, and all the doors look the same. I don't know if you've ever been... Maybe you don't do ice cream and all that. I do ice cream. I like ice cream a lot. Praise God. And (laughs) Next time you come, you bring ice cream for me. Anyway... (laughs) (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) And one of the things that happens to me is that when when I get into an ice cream place, I already knew, I knew before I went went out what I'm going to take. I'm going to take vanilla. I'm going to take chocolate. That's what I'm going to take. But when I get in there, I I just like looking at all the flavors. (laughs) I I walk around, look at all the flavors. Then I get confused. (laughs) I get confused. You see, when you have all these options, suddenly you don't know what to do anymore. Everything looks, everything just looks appealing. Everything looks appealing. And sometimes that is what is happening to many people in this part of the world. You just don't know which option to take. So it's confusion. And you know, time waits for nobody. Yeah. yeah, The door that is opening for you today that you ought to go through, that you're not going through, it's not going to be there for a long time. Yes, to everything, there is a season. Yes, and a time for every purpose under the heaven. So you and I must make sure then that we have clarity of vision. Who gives us this clarity? The Holy Spirit. Yes, sir. Acts of Apostles chapter 13, verse 1 to 3. Acts of Apostles chapter 13, verse 1 to 3. But starting from verse 2, the Bible says, when they were in the place, in the church, they were worshiping God. Now, if you look at the NLT translation, it talks about worship. NKJV says they ministered to the Lord. You might misunderstand that. You might think that they're laying hands on each other. But they were, they were, what he was saying is that they were praising God. They were praising God. says, And as they were praising God, the Holy Spirit said. Now, it's interesting that they were, the whole, everybody was praising God. But the Holy Spirit said, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul. In other words, God has a general plan for all of us. But he has a specific plan for you. And you can't know the details of that specific plan until you are in the place of praise. Praise gives us clarity. Light allows you, when you have clarity, you are able to make progress at a fast rate. You are able to move fast. Praise gives us clarity. I pray for somebody here today that is going through confusion or going through a time right now where you don't know what to do. Receive clarity in Jesus' name. Oh, Receive clarity in the name of Jesus. One more time, receive clarity in Jesus' name. The yoke of confusion is destroyed Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. By the grace of God, in this city of Toronto, or, um, GTA, I should say, region of GTA, I've pastored for over 19 years. And I can tell you, by the grace of God, I have always had more ideas of what to do than I have time. I have never once in my life, since I've been pastoring, ever sat down to say, what next am I going to do? The ideas pour in. I have a lot more ideas than I have time to do. True. True. And the key is very simple. It's all about praise. It's all about praise. God has enabled me and helped me to, to him be glory forevermore. To have done many things I never saw anybody do. There was never any precedence for it or ever any framework or reference point for it. By the grace of God, and I'm not saying you should do that, but I never went to any Bible school. I never went to any pastoral school. I just started because I love Jesus. Okay, But I've had the ability to be able to do it to the extent that I was given a honorary degree. Mm. (laughs) a honorary doctorate degree four years ago. Why? Because there is a capacity that comes in God whereby you have clarity. You are able to know more than your teachers. Because the teacher teaches you to teach the teacher. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is the teacher. So when he teaches you, then you teach your teacher. Hallelujah. So clarity. Clarity is very key. I know in my spirit that there's somebody here right now, you are about to make some major decisions. I'm praying for you wherever you are, that you will not make a mistake. Amen. You will not make a mistake. Amen. Number two, very quickly, what, is, what are the benefits of praise? What do I get when I praise God? Listen to this one. Creativity. If the first one is clarity, the second one is creativity. The church should be the most, cre- the most creative vehicle in the world today. We have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is creative. The Bible tells us, listen to this very carefully. The Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 31, verse 1 to 5. It says, Bezalel, the son of Uri." He said, I have put my spirit upon him. That's what God is saying. He said, I am put my spirit upon him. In verse 5, he says he will have the capacity to design all manners of work. He will work in all all manners of workmanship. Now, I said to myself, what God was actually saying there, let's do a little bit of Bible study. In the original context of the verse, of verses, what God is actually talking about, he's talking about a man that will be the project leader, that will be a project leader to construct a tabernacle. Okay? Now, I want you to understand how difficult this is now. Moses went to the mountain. He saw the tabernacle. God showed him the pattern of the tabernacle on the mountain. Moses did not come out with the blueprints. There were no architectural drawings. He didn't, he didn't use his um, iPhone to capture it. He only saw it and memorized it. He memorized the dimensions. So he was the only one that saw it and came out and said, everybody was going to speak to all of the Israelites. They had no body, not one of them. Remember, they were slaves that came out of Egypt. They were slaves that were making bricks. So they had no history, no record, no precedence of construction. There was no architect among them, no designer among them, because that skill set was not needed in Egypt. The only skill set that was needed in Egypt was Mosul. Mosul. Just carry the brick, make the brick, push the brick up. The Egyptians were the skilled people. But God said, I'm going to give you a capacity for creativity that will beat those that went to school for it. Yes, so God gave it to Bezalel, the son of Uri. He gave him the capacity to be creative. Creativity should lie in the church. Yes, but when people are not worshiping God, they lose the sense. They lose that capacity for creativity. Now I want us to see this then Listen very carefully. When you are not creative, you can easily be stagnant. When you are not creative, you can easily be stagnant. As a matter of fact, let me put it another way: stagnation is a proof of lack of creativity. So when you have creativity, you won't be stagnant. Let me show you in the scripture. Second Kings chapter number three, from verse 9 to 16. Second Kings chapter number three, from verse 9 to 16. It tells us the story of three kings that came together. They were on a journey going somewhere. And the Bible says, So the king of Israel set out with the king of Judah. And the king of Edom, three kings, they got a roundabout, they marched for seven days, there was no water for them. So this is the problem. A roundabout, they marched for seven days. A roundabout means they just keep going round. Keep going round, and there was no water for them. So they couldn't solve this problem. And they were kings. That tells us something. Regardless of your qualification, your achievement in life, you can easily be stranded. Now, these kings were stranded. Stagnation has no respect for title. They were stranded. But you see, as they were standing, so one of them had a sense. it was the king of Judah. He said, let's go to church. I mean, sorry, let's go to the prophet, which in our own day now will be church, okay? So he went to the prophet. And when they got to Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat was a little bit, a little bit upset with them because of their sin and all of that. But a long story short, Jehoshaphat said, I need to, I can't give you what to do now. I can't give you a creative idea. I need to connect with heaven. So in verse 15, Jehoshaphat said, bring me a musician. In verse 15, 2 Kings 3, verse 15, Jehoshaphat said, Bring me, um, give me NKJV, please. Thank you, NKJV. He says, "Give me a musician, give me a musician." And the Bible says, "As the musician was playing, the hand, you see, give me a musician." It happened when the musician played; the hand of God came upon him. Please, this is very important. As the musician played, you see, when Pastor was speaking, he said, "Listen, we've not come here. There's no performance here. This is no entertainment." As the musician played, we connected. The Bible says, "The hand of God came upon him." The Bible didn't say they sweated only musician played, the hand of God came down. Any musician that plays and the hand of God can come down. It's not anointed. It's not anointed. It's not anointed. They might be skillful, but not anointed. What we're looking for, we're looking for skill, yes. We need the skill, but we also need the anointing. So as, as a musician played, the Bible says, the hand of God came down. This is the hand that created the heavens and the earth. So it definitely can solve any problem on the earth. The hand of God came down. And when the hand of God came down, I wanted to understand something. A problem of seven days in the roundabout, they've been going around. The Bible says in verse 16, the prophet said to them, it is a simple matter. Problems, no matter how complex, become simple in the presence of God. He said, make ditches in the valley. Make ditches in the valley. You will not see rain, you will not see the wind, but the ditches are be filled with water. And verse 18 it said, this is a simple matter before the Lord. I want to say that to somebody here. Whatever you're going through right now is a simple matter before the Lord. Amen. Praise brings creativity. Listen, if you're a business person, you're a musician, whatever you, whoever you are, you are in career, whatever, you need to understand that this creativity sets you apart. It puts you in a different class. You become outstanding because there's no place for you to stand. <laughs> yeah, that's why you're outstanding. Hallelujah. <laughs> that means you have to stand out of where other people are standing. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Number three, and finally, praise brings, it brings clarity. Number two, what does it bring? Creativity. Number three, let's close with number three. Praise brings conquest. Life is full of some challenges that you need to conquer. Life is full sometimes of serious, determined, ferocious opposition. Whether you believe it or not, you live in this part of the world, you say, I don't really believe that, I don't know about that, it is true. (laughs) Sooner or later, just be living, you will find out you find out. <laughs> One day, I remember very clearly, I was driving to church in Mississauga, and I got to the intersection of Dixie and Dundas. Um, going north on Dixie. I came out of, came out of um, QW. So I was going north on Dixie. Um, you know, then I got to Dundas. I was about to turn right to my, on my way to church. And suddenly, I saw this woman. She was walking with her back, and she was doing that, walking with her back. She wasn't... J- early in the morning, about 7.30 a.m. in the morning and walking backwards at the intersection and doing that and seeing some things. ah. So I packed my car. And I was going in the direction she was walking towards. <laughs> uh, you know, and these like, are some of the things I do. I packed my car. I wanted to see it. I said, wow. wow, 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 wow. In Canada. Wow, 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 wow. That's how somebody else, you know, will not understand. Before you cross that place, somebody else has taken authority over that area. But praise allows us to have conquest. How does that happen? Let's look at it. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 29 to 31. Look at it. This is how it happens. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 29 to 31. Verse 29 says you shall come with a song. Look at that. You shall have a song. So always have a song with you. You shall have a song as in the night when a holy festival is kept, and you will have gladness of heart. Now, can I stop the Pastor, can I speak for an extra five minutes? Will you give me five minutes, please? All right, if you don't give it to me, I've taken it. Now, listen to (laughs) that. The Bible says gladness of heart. All this whole idea of, well, you know, my heart is broken. I just feel, I just don't feel I should praise God. Listen to me. It's an attack of the enemy against your destiny. It's an attack of the enemy against the destiny. You've got to shake yourself up and speak to your body and speak to yourself. And say, oh my soul, why are you cast down, oh my soul? Hope in God. Hope in God. you got to speak to yourself. Speak to yourself. He says, with a gladness of heart, you shall come with a song. With gladness of heart. As one that goes with a flute. To come to the mountain of the Lord. Why? Because the protocol says, enter his gate with thanksgiving. And his cross with praise. Be thankful unto him. Psalm 100. So you come with a song. You come with the sun. And when you come with the song, what will happen? Verse 30 says, then you will hear the voice of God. Isaiah 30, 30 says, look at it. It says, then the Lord will cause his voice to be heard. Now, this is amazing. This scripture is amazing. It says, you will hear the voice of God and God will show the descent. Descent means something that comes down. Ascent is something that goes up. So, what it's saying is, God is in heaven. This is the earth. God is, you know, just think of a king, putting his hands on his chair, just, you know, his majesty. And the Bible says, when God speaks, then he descends in his hand. Yeah. When God descends in his hand, it means he acts. Yeah. It means he intervenes in the situation. Yeah. But before he intervenes, he has to speak. Yeah. All right. The law of the things of God is that God speaks before he does. Yeah. All right. God is not a man that should lie. Yeah. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. As he spoken, will he not do? Right. You see that? He has to speak before he does. First Kings chapter 8 verse 15. First Kings chapter 8 and the 15th verse. Quickly, let's wrap this up now. I'm trying to wrap it up. First Kings 8, 15. Let's wrap this up. Blessed is the Lord God of Israel who spoke by his mouth and to my father and with his hand fulfilled it. So God always speaks before he does. If he has not spoken, he will not do. And if he has spoken, he will do. So but we have to get him to speak before he can do. What we need is for him to do. But before you would do, he has to speak. Before you will speak, you have to sing. You have to have a sing, a song. You have to sing to song. Sing. You get the gist. That's it. That's all you need. <laughs> That's what <all> you need. <laughs> so you must have a song, you have to sing, then God is going to speak, and when he speaks, he's going to act. What is the connection between the voice of God and conquest? Isaiah chapter 30, 29. You have a song. Verse 30: a voice. Verse 31. Through the voice of God, Assyria will be conquered. Yes. Look at it. Verse 31. 30-31 of Isaiah. Through the voice of the Lord, Assyria will be beaten down. Assyria was the enemy, the perpetual enemy of the children of Israel. And God said, I will beat them down by his voice. In other words, you will conquer by the voice of God. Yes. Once God speaks to you concerning an issue, faith arises in your heart. Yes. And through faith, you quench every fiery dart of the enemy. Yes. But you can't, God can't speak until you sing. Until you sing, until you start praising him. So, the place of praise is a place of conquest. Yes, so, you need praise for clarity, you need it for creativity, then you need it for conquest. A combination of these forces clarity, creativity, and conquest. Clarity, creativity, conquest. Clarity, creativity, and conquest will always make you outstanding in your class. Stand on your feet like a champion. Father, we honor you. We magnify your name. There is no king like you. There is no one like you. We celebrate you forever and evermore. You alone are God in heaven. You alone are God on the earth. We worship you. We honor you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. I have a responsibility to pray for somebody here. I also, this is my first time in this very great church. I have the responsibility also, as one that God has helped, to speak into the destiny of this church. To speak into the atmosphere in this area. And I believe, by the grace of God, by his mandate, that something is going to shift in this atmosphere. Within 90 days, you are going to see a serious change in this church. Somebody's under the authority of my voice. Within 30 days, you will see significant change in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So, I want you to just open your mouth and just speak in language of the spirit for a few minutes. If you can, for 30 seconds or so. Or just pray in your understanding. Just ask God, Lord, I need clarity. Lord, grant me grace for creativity. Lord, I need to conquer. I need conquest. Just speak for 30 seconds or 45 seconds. Come on, if you can speak in the spirit. Just speak in the spirit. Father, I need clarity. Lord, I need creativity. Lord, I need conquest. I want your plan in my life to be fulfilled. I can't afford to be stagnant, oh God. Thank you, Lord. I give you the praise forevermore. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. By the power of God, I speak over the life of somebody here today. Today is the last day you will be stagnant. Any stagnation you are facing today, I speak by the power of God to those forces of stagnation. Holding you down in one area of the other. I command them to move in Jesus' name. I command them by the authority of Jesus Christ to move in Jesus' name. Whoever is under the authority of my voice knocking on a particular door. Or expecting some doors to open that are yet to open. By the power of God, I speak to those doors. I command those doors to open in Jesus' name. I command the doors to open in the name of Jesus' name. You will no longer be stagnant. I can't hear a living amen from somebody. Maybe I should encourage you and let you know these words are not ordinary words. These words are spirits. They are spirits and they are alive. I speak concerning your destiny. You will no longer be stagnant. In the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever force has held you to this point, in the name of Jesus, their power, their grip is broken in Jesus name. Somebody came into this service. You don't know what to do. By the tomorrow morning, it will be clear to you. You will know what to do. In the name of Jesus Christ, you will know which path to go. You will know what to do. In the name of Jesus Christ, an end has come to depression concerning you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I speak into the destiny of KICC Toronto. Hear the word of the living God. I command you, arise and shine in Jesus' name. I command you, arise and shine in Jesus' name. I speak into this atmosphere any force that will not allow this church to fulfill its mandate and its destiny I command you be rendered powerless in Jesus name lose your hold in the name of Jesus I speak increase over this place I speak wisdom over this place I speak creativity over this place in the name of Jesus I speak greatness over this church in the name of Jesus I want you to understand something I've had the privilege of doing this for over 19 years Every time the word of God comes forth, and God has helped me with this, there is always a sign. There is always a sign. No matter how many people are in a place, whether it's a thousand people, two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, I've had the privilege of speaking to as many as that. And whether there are two people or three people, there is always a sign. God will always bring out one person or two people to use as a sign to confirm that message i've spoken to you today about greatness about destiny about clarity about conquest god is going to use at least one man here and one woman here to prove that this message is true i don't know who that one man is i don't know who that one woman is but the bible tells me clearly that god never leaves himself without the witness so wherever that one man is or that one woman is, I'd like you to jam your hands together. Stamp your feet wherever you are. I don't know where you are. If you can jump a bit. Come on, jump, 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 jump a bit. Come on, come on, come on, wherever you are. Come on, come on. Open your mouth. Give him a shot. I can't hear you. Come on, come on. see to Toronto. Give him a shot. authority of God to say this because I believe in the God I serve. Somebody is here, within seven days you are going to have a resounding testimony. The seven days as in by this same time next week, Sunday you will have had a testimony as a result of this service. Who is that one person? Who is that one woman? Come and let me see you give him a shot! Let me hear you give him another shot! have the same spirit of faith for we believe and we speak we also believe and we speak if you really believe you will have a resounding testimony within the next seven days i'd like you to go to at least seven people and tell them you will see my testimony you will hear my testimony you will see my testimony come on go to five more people you will see my testimony shake hands with them you will see my testimony you will hear my testimony